Welcome to Let's Talk Law, the Law Careers podcast for students at King's College London. I'm Caroline Lindner, one of the careers consultants for the Dixon Poon School of Law, and today I'm joined by Frank Clark and Adam Kayani from Leducate for the very last ever episode of Let's Talk Law. Leducate is an educational charity that aims to promote an understanding of everyday legal rights among secondary school aged students in England and Wales. It provides curriculum resources and training for teachers to deliver lessons directly to students on a range of topics, including their civil and consumer rights, as well as providing career support and enrichment experiences, including mock trials and court visits. The charity firmly believes that empowering young people with knowledge of their legal rights and responsibilities in day-to-day situations can change their future and enable them to become thriving members of society. Adam is Leducate's director and is a barrister with Harcourt Chambers, practising in all areas of family law, including domestic violence, social services involvement with children, contact arrangements for separated parents and the distribution of assets after divorce. And finally, Fran is the editor of Leducate's online publication, The Leducate Explains, and is currently studying for the LLB at King's College London and is in her final year. Fran and Adam, thank you so much for joining me today on Let's Talk Law. No, thanks so much for having us. It's uh, it's a real pleasure. Yeah, thank you, Caroline. I appreciate it. So I'm not sure who's going to take this first question, but uh, my first question is about Leducate. I mean, how did the idea for it come about? Perhaps, Adam, I'll come to you on this. Yes, well, Leducate was born amongst um, me and a few friends at the University of Nottingham, where we discovered that actually, despite being a bunch of law undergrads, um, that when we were faced with everyday problems, such as our heating not working in our renting accommodation or getting into disputes with our bosses at work or trying to return faulty shoes to a shop, we actually had no idea what the answers to those really practical questions were for ourselves, let alone what was even worse was the embarrassment of our friends coming to us and saying, well, you know, I've gone into a scrape with the police or I've had a problem with my landlord. And and actually we had no idea uh, what to do and what advice to give them at all. So uh, it, it quickly became very obvious uh, to us, certainly, that all it, it was all well and good for us to study these amazing legal rights and protections that we enjoy, whether that's the Human Rights Act or Consumer Rights Act or having protection and equal status under the Equality Act. But actually, it really didn't mean anything at all <laughs> uh, unless we could actually practically know um, if the the roof is leaking, call the local authorities' housing department, or yeah. if your boss is um, misbehaving, threaten them with employment tribunal. But none of these things were immediately obvious, even to us as as law undergrads. So yeah. that's the gap, really, that Leducate aims to fill. Yeah, and you're you're so right. It's so many times over the years I've heard people say, "Well, I, I'm a lawyer," and people come to me thinking I can solve X, Y, and Z. They're like, "Well, yes, but I I practice private equity law. I don't mm. understand what your consumer rights are in this area." So there's a huge assumption, isn't there, that just yeah. because you're studying law, you're going to know absolutely everything. And and how does it work on a day to day basis? Um, the, the charity, Adam. Well, I, I think what I'll I'll tell you a little bit about how we work sort of the big picture but I think it'd be great for Fran to tell you a little bit more about her experience of of how she's found slotting into the team so what what we aim to be is the perfect blend really between the remote cloud-based world and in-person sort of productivity and all the the great things that those two things can dovetail to be absolutely every single person who works for Leducate is a volunteer and we're either in full-time work 
be that as barristers like me, um, solicitors, civil servants, teachers or tech professionals uh, as we have, uh, or in full time study as Fran is, of course. And we have a series of teams essentially within Legicate that operate almost semi-independently that work together to kind of through Legicate's three main programmes, um, which is our core programme, providing the materials directly to schools uh, so that they can, teachers can provide their materials, um, provide the lessons directly to their students. We also have our Inspire programme where we bring the law to life, essentially through trips to the Royal Courts of Justice where students could do mock trials. Um, but also for us actually going into schools to deliver things like our consent and healthy relationships uh, module. And finally, we, uh, we've got our Aspire programme, which is where we work with some of our partners to give UCAS workshops and general assistance to students who are applying to university to study law. Mm -hmm. And we're working on a really cool, innovative programme at the moment, which hasn't got anywhere yet, but is on certainly um, uh, something that we're contemplating, which is being able to offer dedicated work experience slots for students with a series of employers, be that the CPS or um, law firms or local law firms, all the way up to Magic Circle law firms, um, to be able to offer that experience. But we haven't quite done that yet. Wow. Well, that sounds really comprehensive, and mm -hmm. um, and we'll come on to talk about your partners in a moment. But but Fran, from your experience, of, you know, how do you sort of fit into the team, and uh, how does that sort of work on a day to day? Because as Adam said, you know, you're studying full time. You're a busy individual. So how does that sort of work for you? Yeah. Um, thanks, Caroline. So I started working or volunteering with Legicate probably back in September time, um, and obviously in my final year of studies it's it's a lot of reading a lot of work and and um and I was trying to think about when early on I was trying to think about how I wanted to organize my time so that I could try and do everything um for me at least I have a day each week where I I put time in towards Legicate and that's it's not you know I was had a conversation very early on with um Adam about like how much time I should be putting into it and because I'm doing a lot of my work remotely um, in communication with the other volunteers and also those who are writing articles I'm able to kind of do my work on a weekly basis and fit whatever meetings that we have because I work closely with the engagement team so I speak a lot with um, events and design officers so a lot of that I'm able to do um, through Slack, but we do have meetings where we talk about what goals we have and what projects we're working on, which is really nice to get face-to-face -face contact, especially after COVID. But yeah, mm -hmm. so that's how I separate my work from my studies. Yeah. Uh, well, Adam, same question to you. I mean, you, you're a busy professional barrister, and I know from other barristers that I've met over the years, you know, your workload can, can literally change at the drop of a hat, depending on what you've got coming through the door. So, how do you find time to yeah. run a charity? I know you've got a lot of support around you, but how do you manage to do that? Plus, you know, embark upon, which is a very challenging, time-consuming profession. Yeah, and I think, Caroline, it's really important that you highlight the point about support. Legicate would not exist and it would not continue to exist without, firstly, the body of volunteers who write articles for the Legicate Explains section, for example, or who provide written work for us to be able to draw upon in terms of producing our materials, that kind of legwork would just be unfeasible for us to do as a small team of seven or eight uh, at the sort of executive committee level. But certainly, uh, Fran is absolutely right. It is one of those things where, and being a barrister, 
gives you this luxury of being able to, to essentially portion your time. I can yeah. take, and for example, I have taken today a day out of my court diary, ostensibly to do educate things. Of course, I get dragged into other emails and other other kind of crises as they sort of develop, as children don't stand still and neither do um, their legal issues. But mm. um, it is one of those things where I had to basically say to myself upon qualification that this is something that I want to commit my life to and my yeah. time to. And quite frankly, if I have to take time that I could otherwise be billing, inverted commas, to legal work and dedicate it to educate, then that is a choice I'm willing to make. Yeah. But that's not necessarily true for everybody in the team, actually. It's quite interesting to see how everybody flexibly deals with it, because, of course, you have civil servants and people who are working for law firms that are very generously given pro bono hours or yes. corporate social responsibility time and targets now certainly at the magic circle level in terms of meeting pro bono hours and volunteering targets is is quite real they are very much um, the focus of a lot of of big firms at the, at the moment and in terms of applications for things like pupillage and training contracts everyone's asking now what kind of commitment have you got to society in general what kind of pro bono have you done so there is a growing sense certainly in the legal community that pro bono is important and giving mm. back to society is important and actually i found my clerks have been very accommodating whenever i say to them no, sorry, I can't do that extra hearing in Aberystwyth. I've got to mm. go to Nottingham to do a, a talk to some secondary school students. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, it, it's tough, though. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it tough. is. But thank goodness we have people like you who are willing to apportion your time accordingly. We had a, a recent guest on our podcast, Jade, who's a partner at Sidley Austin, and she said she's always been involved in pro bono work and supporting um, one of the mental health charities within law, law care. And she said to me, I wouldn't do my day job if I wasn't able to do that as well. And I think that just says it all, actually, which is, I think, in the same milk of what you've just said. Um, and Adam, staying with you, um, I know you've got a number of partners um, of Leducate, so now is the time to give them a bit of profile, I guess. But I'm interested to know how, how you know, it's all very well having partners, but how does it actually work in practice? How do they help the charity? So, so one of our biggest partners to give a, a huge shout out to is the Middle Temple, um, yeah. who have almost continuously given us um, space for us to do events have offered us very kindly refreshments whenever we do events which is always really exciting we've got a really close working relationship with the law society who have done similar things their president uh, this year has been a, a great support in her push for legal education and improved diversity mm. we've got a, a really close partner in the national justice museum who runs an actually little known but often gawped at gallery of really um archaic sort of gowns and wigs that that have been used throughout the ages but who also are the ones who run our mock trials in the royal courts of justice as well as actually coming out to schools to deliver court mock trials and, and court experiences in the classroom and finally of course uh, our um, partners into law who have been um, instrumental in getting our program in terms of university accessibility off the ground doing their ucas workshops so these are similar to us some of them are much more well established of course in the form of the law society but into law for example another group of recent graduates who are united with us in the mission the broader aim of just getting people to into university and knowing more about their legal rights um, yeah and it's a great alliance of really like-minded people yeah, and that, that might surprise some of our listeners, actually, that you are all working very collaboratively together. Um, and it's just fantastic that you've got such a broad range actually involved in this as well. Um, 
Fran, coming back to you, if I may, let's talk a little bit about what your specific role is um, within Leducate and, and, you know, what that means from a practical basis. And I guess I wouldn't be a careers advisor if I didn't ask you, you know, what you've learned from that as well. So to talk, talk to me a little bit about that. And, and then the second question is, you know, how can students get involved? Because this is a great opportunity to, to, you know, to get people interested in the charity and anything else that they might be able to support with in the future. Yeah, of course. Um, I was going to say, actually, I just thought something I wanted to add to the previous question you asked mm. me about my, my day to day and how I fit the Leducate work into my studies. And I think one of the reasons how I can fit it quite seamlessly or how I give time to doing it is because I enjoy how different the work I do is compared to my studies. And so in a way, it's kind of a break because a lot of my interests which I'll get onto my specific role in a second, but a lot of my interests revolve around journalism and yeah. writing for a different type of audience than the law papers that I have to write. Um, but yeah, so my specific role is that I'm the editor of the LEDX publication, which you can find on our website. And essentially all of the volunteers, we have some really, really amazing volunteers who write articles for us about a wide range of topics. And I learned so much through reading them just mm -hmm. in and of itself. Um, I have an article that I'm editing at the moment about trespassing, which I found really interesting to write. Um, and I think a lot of people will be able to learn a lot from that one, which will come up soon. But essentially, I edit all of the articles that are written by our volunteers and kind of make sure that they adjust the tone and style so that it can be understood by students who are, you know, secondary school age. Um, and then I format and publish those articles to our website. And a lot of the work outside of that is just communicating with the volunteers, like thinking of ideas for new articles to write, um, considering what topics are quite um, talked about at the moment, current events and things like that, um, and just updating the website accordingly uh, and just doing some extra background research in case, you know, statute names are wrong and things like that, but quite small changes content wise. But yes, a lot of communication with uh, events and the social media team as well. Mm. So lots of skills that you're developing there, which links to your sort of interest as well, I suppose. But uh, um, what, what, you know, how can students get involved if they like the sound of what you've just described to us? Yeah, no, um, well, I guess they're gonna speak to me if they know who I am. Yes. Um, and secondly, on the Legicate website, we do have a page where students can, you know, show interest um in writing for us or getting even more involved um i was going to say that the Legicate team are really kind and want to help all the time and i felt quite intimidated because i learned about Legicate through more of a network as opposed to applying through the website um and i was thinking to myself wow um what an established charity like i don't know how i would get involved but i do think just by nature the team are so kind and always want to help students because that's our you know that's who our audience is and i i really think that if other students like myself want to get involved they shouldn't be intimidated by that yeah that's great to hear yeah just to um, um just to just to supplement some of that actually from from what fran says uh, fran's absolutely right there is a, a sign up portal on our website that you can just click through um and fill out the contact form somebody from the team will have a one-to-one -one call with every single person whether they're a student an established professional or otherwise who applies to kind of join the team in any capacity we have so many different roles either the ones that we advertise on the website or we can just get into a discussion 
with you. Um, there is absolutely no application window. There's no real criteria other than being involved and up for the mission and having some skills that you want to develop that kind of vaguely align with what we're doing. We're very much, our approach with volunteers is we can't offer you money, but we can certainly offer you experiences to grow. And if we happen to grow in the process, then it's a great partnership. But if if certainly only our volunteers are growing, we see our volunteers as a, another arm of the work we do. Um, young people need as much encouragement and support to get into law. I did. Uh, I took that support and now I'm certainly willing to be part of the body of people that give it back. So mm. it's a it's an open dialogue kind of process rather than a scary application form like a lot of other places. So I think that's a lot of our listeners will be smiling when you say that, Adam, because they're so used to having to meet very cyclical deadlines, as you will know from uh, when you were no doubt applying a few years ago for for your professional um, experiences. Um, so, Adam, I'm going to stay with you, actually. And, and don't, I don't know whether it's too early to be measuring impacts, but I'm interested to know what you what impact do you believe Leducate is having? Because you've been going for about is it is it 2019 that you you started? We, we formally incorporated in 2019. We were having conversations in coffee shops for about a year before that. Um, but no, that's that's when we formally incorporated. And, and impact is a really interesting question in the education space at the moment. I think schools are really going through a soul searching time in terms of are exams really the best metrics of you know, education or growth or development. So we, we suffer from that like everybody else. But I mean, for example, as a result of some of the impact, we've seen some young people who have come back to us to say they've written to their MPs on some of the social issues that we've discussed in our sessions. We've heard testimonials from students who feel themselves more empowered to actually assert their rights, either when interacting with the police or with landlords or shops or big corporations. We've actually heard firsthand from young people that they feel far more confident and actually knowing their rights rather than just exercising that gut feeling of this feels unfair which is often right, but now they actually feel empowered to say, no, no, I have got some consumer rights and this is what they are. Uh, and certainly we've also heard from the police in some of our interactions with them that actually they think that it's really positive that people know their rights because interactions with people are far less prone to being escalated or becoming fraught or, or indeed, you know, becoming violent or aggressive if everybody, including the police officers and the people who are being interacted with, all know what is expected of them, know what their rights are and what their responsibilities are. Um, so, you know, ultimately, we think that, um, you know, it's difficult to measure ignorance. <laughs> but what we're trying to do is get rid of ignorance, because we think ignorance of the law is certainly no defence. Mm. But from another angle in that, if you don't know what your rights are, how can you possibly be protected by them? So, yes. um but if there are any budding data scientists out there who want to join the team to help us measure that more precisely, then uh, click the box and come through the portal. We'd love to have a chat with you. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and Fran, you've, I think you've already touched a little bit upon this, actually. But the same question to you. What impact is Leducate having on you as an individual? You spoke about skills that you've been developing and it sounds like you're getting a lot from it. But in terms of impact is you on, on you as a person? Um, yeah, no, I would say it's probably impacted how I view the legal industry um, and just how many facets of life that law can can be involved in. Um, and the reason why I, you know, reached out to, to Adam in the first place is because um, a colleague of mine that 
you know, in the network that works with both of us, um, said, oh, you know, Fran, you're interested in journalism and writing, but you have now learned a lot of legal knowledge, I suppose. Um, how about mixing the two? And I just didn't really consider the fact that I could do that or that there were opportunities for me to do both. So I think I've learned a lot and it's impacted how I view different legal careers, which I suppose just talking about the podcast in general, I've learned so much from that, just knowing what's available and what's out there um, and that you can mix so many different interests and and career options. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Um, Adam, I can't have you on the podcast without talking about your legal career. Um, I'm sure you'll be happy to oblige. But, you know, you're, you're we've not had we've had a couple of barristers on before. Um, they have. I think it's fair to say that, you know, that they are focusing on commercial law. Um, you are doing family law in the broadest sense. And I'm really interested to know why you decided to specialise, because when I did the introduction earlier on to you, those are those are heavy, heavy topics. And thank goodness we have people like you working in those areas. But what made you decide to specialise in those areas? And I, I never used to believe people when they said at law school, that they just sort of fell into their chosen topic. Uh, and I never I honestly never believed them. But now, honestly, that is my most truthful answer. I just went to university uh, at Nottingham and I studied all the modules that interested me. and that would surprise you to know included company tax intellectual property but also included family law and i thought nothing more of family law until i went to do my bar course at, at city when it was in gray's inn square and i was walking down high hoban and walked past mm. a group of women protesting outside the central family court and after a brief sort of exchange as to what exactly they were shouting about down the megaphone um i went to go and volunteer with them at a women's refuge in Kentish town where I got exposed to again real life everyday issues facing single mothers who have either had their children taken away from them or who were in the grips of some horrendous domestic abuse and I realized that this was a really important area this was some of the most complex legal issues that people face personal relationships and really involved the things that were most important to people which was their children yeah. And no other career more generally than the bar provides you instant decision making responsibility. There is literally nobody else left or right of you other than perhaps somebody down the phone at the end of the day to ask them whether you'd screwed it all up. There is nobody in the room with you other than you and your client and the opposition. And you have yeah. to carve out the best solution for the church children or the child at the center of um the case at hand so in summary really it's because i wanted my client to be a real person i loved the deep and complex issues that kind of span family law whether they are commercial corporate issues or whether they are personal emotional ones and i just found great satisfaction in solving those mm. problems yeah. uh, but also crushing defeat <laughs> when things don't necessarily go your way and you've made the mistake of believing your clients too closely. Mm, so yeah, um, it is heavy, um, but it is so rewarding when it goes right. And and what a great example of happenstance, which was doesn't sound like it was planned at all, um, that you happened to walk past those group of women 
who happened to be there on that day and you got into a conversation with them. And that just goes to show how how different paths take us in different directions. Um, fascinating. Thank you so much for giving us a bit more colour about that. Um, and I guess also, given that you know you are now in the profession and established, you know, what advice would you have for our listeners as they navigate what Fran's already alluded to is just such a myriad of options they have. You know, you were once in their shoes. So what what advice would you would you like to impart to our listeners? My advice would be do what you love. Um, People ask me, how is it to work for Leducate? Leducate isn't work. It's pure pleasure. I, I, I love it. And it really recharges that side of me that loves social impact, loves to be in the thick of you know, the most complex problems around people. But if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And money and fame and fortune will all find you because you'll be amazing at the thing you love doing every single day of your life, which requires two things, really. Firstly, it requires bravery, because, for example, I had never studied law before I went to Nottingham to, to study it from for undergraduate. Uh, it was the complete unknown for me. I didn't know any lawyers. I had no lawyers in the family at all. So be brave and try something new. Um, but secondly, be honest with yourself. If you always thought of yourself as I did, as a, a coiffured corporate lawyer swanning down the streets of, you know, bank with a latte in hand and, you know, fighting at the Rolls building every, you know, every week or something. If you, if that's your image of yourself, but actually you come across some beleaguered women outside the Central Family Court talking about issues that really do tug at your heartstrings, and you suddenly have the revelation as I did, that actually this was what I wanted to be doing. These problems were the ones I wanted to be solving. And all the worries about, am I gonna be able to pay my bills? Sadly, for the criminal bar is a real, mm. still a real concern. And to those students and listeners who are aspiring criminal barristers and are worried about the finances, I'm sad to say you should be. But I'm also enthused to say that there is support. Certainly within Leducate, we have a, a network of criminal barristers and both at the senior and junior end who can provide support. But, mm. you know, that is where a little bit more of the brave rather than the honest comes into it yeah. as well. But um, honesty is really required to look at yourself in the mirror and just say to yourself, what will I love doing? And worrying about money or worrying about becoming a, a, a silk mm. will all be in the rear view mirror. Yeah. If you just devote yourself to something you unequivocally love. Yeah. So um, bravery and honesty. Yeah. Yeah. In equal or sometimes unequal measure. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. Well, I think that's a really great way to sort of sum up what we, we'd hope Let's Talk Law was going to be about all along. Um, before I get on to the podcast, uh, Frank, because this, this is the only podcast episode that we are able to talk about the podcast, if that makes sense. Um what would you say to a fellow student who's unsure whether to volunteer with either Leducate or, or any other charity? Because uh, as a careers consultant, I think it's an incredibly rewarding thing to do. But if it may not look like it's linked directly to your chosen profession, people get worried about doing that. So what would you say to people who were perhaps on the fence? Yeah, um, I wanted to preface to say that I wasn't a part of pro bono society at King's and I didn't really know a lot about pro bono work before um, volunteering at Leducate. But I do think that the skills and opportunities that you have are very different when comparing a traditional or corporate um, legal role to one that you might perform in a charity. And um, that's not to say you can't do both. 
and I and Adam's obviously evidence of that um but I think if you're unsure perhaps think about and Adam's already hinted to this but what where your values lie um and I think like the people that work at Educate and I believe in charities in general really care about people other people and having those um, relationships with others and I think it's definitely something to consider and to explore because I think as like myself as a student I'm very young and I have a lot of time ahead of me and I think it's it's a great opportunity to get involved and to create a network and I do feel that I have a lot of support within Leducate and so many of the um, other team members and volunteers spend such a wide variety of jobs and legal industries and I learn so much from them and I'm really really grateful um, to be working with them yeah yeah and at quite as you say quite an early stage in your in your life actually that you you are connected when you look at the educate website it's very impressive when you look at their executive team and everyone else that gets involved and you you know those guys now which is which is brilliant and and my final question Fran um as someone who I know has been a supporter of Let's Talk Law, it's been running for about two years now, and you got in contact with me to say how much you've enjoyed the podcast, which meant a great deal. What have you learned from the episodes and, and, and why should people continue to listen to it? Because whilst we're not recording anymore, we have about 50 episodes that people can tap into. So why should people take the time, take their precious time to listen to it? So what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I was going to say, I just saw the email today that episode 10 came out about following a path that energizes you. So I was going to say to I'm really looking forward to listening to that, um, which I think goes really well with what Adam was saying about doing something that you love. Um, what caught my eye about the podcast initially was an episode, I think, about culture and media and how that fit with law. And personally, I'm very interested in media, arts, you know, intellectual property and things like that. That's definitely influenced what classes I've taken this year um, and learning about non-traditional life paths and careers that lawyers or law graduates have taken has definitely reminded me of how much is out there. And I think, you know, even though, as you said, the podcast is coming to an end, like those life paths still exist and those opportunities that are not necessarily a traditional or corporate pathway also still exist and will continue to grow. Um, yeah, and it's enlightening to hear firsthand experiences, especially because a lot of those who you interview um, are from King's, which is really, really nice to know the network that we have as the university and as the law school in general. And it gives you a lot of food for thought about what is out there. But yes, I did want to say as well, Karen, that I'm really appreciative of you doing the podcast and I've been really enjoying it. Um, so thank you. Oh, that's been absolutely my pleasure. Um, and I'm going to indulge myself and say a little bit at the end of our conversation about the podcast. But uh, but thank you so much to both of you. Before I let you go, is there anything else you want to say about Leducate? You know, I'm giving you a shameless platform here to promote, promote, promote. So anything else you want to add that we haven't already covered? There's one thing I wanted to say, actually, about why, you know, about students getting involved in Leducate. The beautiful thing about Leducate, and which is the weirdest thing for me since un leaving university, was that prior to university, I'd never done anything for longer than a year. Universities always, you, you, you do a society or you do a football team or you do something is often for a year or maximum two, really. And this is the first time I've, I've really gotten involved with a project that I hope will be uh, for the rest of my life. Yeah. And it's a really interesting 
being in family law, I don't have as much of the corporate guilt, inverted commas, where um, your everyday life is just, and I don't say just, but is about, you know, finance or corporate kind of law. And actually it gives you an opportunity later in your career. You don't, it's not an either or pro bono or educate in particular. You don't have to choose to devote your life to the mission as I have. Uh, or do nothing at all. It is definitely a process where you can still have your very successful corporate job earning a lot of money. But when that corporation or that law firm offers you some time out, or if you yourself feel yourself getting burnt out and you just want something, soul food, someone described Legicate as, um, if you want a bit of soul food, we're here and we're always here. You can dip in and dip out. We're very much a team that respects the fact that people we don't own people. We can't pay you, so certainly we don't own anything of your time. If you said to us, I want to take a month out, I've got a summer holiday, I've got some time between one bit of study and the next, what can I do? I'm sure we'll find something for you to do. But even as part of your longer term career, really, for, for anybody who's listening to this, it is perfectly possible to balance and, and hold alongside a very successful career and giving back. And that's just really the, the take home message uh, that I want to give to everyone in their, every stage of their career or study. Thank you, Adam. Fran, did you have anything you wanted to add? Um, I think I'd just add that Legigate, well, I certainly feel this, um, is very much community. And I think that stems from the fact of the mission and that's in a, quite a big contrast to a lot of careers in the corporate world that perhaps feel more like a job um and as i hinted to earlier like the work that i do is i is enjoyable and i like the fact that i'm able to provide in some way help to others um and i think that in of itself i think a lot of law students enjoy helping others um, I'd like to say at least from at least my friends and the people that I know around me and the people in my classes, um, it does seem to be like a very fundamental factor. And so I think Legicate or charities in general provides a different pathway to helping people. So, yeah, that's what I would say. I couldn't have put it better myself. And you're absolutely right that so many of the lawyers that we've interviewed on this podcast or people who've studied law, there is that common denominator wanting to help people, regardless of what they go on to do in their professional lives. Um, it's been fantastic having you both on the podcast. I've enjoyed every moment of it. So thank you so much for your time um, and for joining me. And before we say goodbye to you, um, it is a final goodbye from me. Um, we set this pod podcast up originally to inform our listeners about the sheer diversity of opportunities within the legal sector, as well as other sectors. And also, more importantly, to inspire our listeners through the telling of alumni stories about where a degree in law or another subject can take you. And as the producer and host of Let's Talk Law over the last two years, it's been my absolute pleasure to meet every single one of our guests and to facilitate either their personal stories or to talk about their work with charities, the charities they set up or their areas of expertise. And I'm very grateful to the Dixon Poon School of Law and King's Careers and Employability for taking a chance on my idea that I came to them with a couple of years ago. So thank you so much to everybody who's listened and do continue to listen. The podcast episodes are not going anywhere. And everybody who's supported Let's Talk Law over the last two years. Thank you very much indeed.